Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Three minutes left in the first quarter. Eastern Conference Semis, Game 6. The Boston Celtics, 23. The Toronto Raptors, 16. So a uh, seven-point advantage at the moment for the Celtics. Again, we will send you out to that game, uh, second half of it in progress when uh, when we finish up here today. Uh, if you uh, missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast. The Tutel New Ones podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen anytime you would like. And you can rate, review, subscribe. You don't even have to go search for the thing. It'll come to you. How great is that? The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And you can listen live to 1029ESPN.com. You go on to the website. Check it out there. You stream the show from 4 to 6 every weekday afternoon. Get it in real time. Or the rest of the station in general in real time as well. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, it is time now for our ESPN Roundtable. It is presented by Paradise Falls and our subject this week, Clint May, the brand new interim head track and field coach at the University of Montana. Clint May, a former Montana State runner, he actually started his career at Boise State, then was on Montana State's 1993 cross-country team, which won the Big Sky Conference. And then he dove into the prep ranks, and uh, he worked 
for uh, one head coach, a legendary head coach, during his time at Bozeman High, and then took over the job, and then he became a legend in his own right. He led Bozeman High School to nine state championships in 10 years on both the boys' and girls' side. Amazing. When I was at the Bozeman Daily Chronicle, it wasn't, was Bozeman going to win the state cross-country championship? It was, can they actually go one through seven? Mm. In the because I mean the Bozeman High School girls cross country team they won the Nike Northwest Regionals in 2012 when I was covering Amazing. there I mean they got third at nationals I mean he's producing like his third runner is going to the biggest schools in the country I mean this is a factory yeah and it was an unbelievable culture you'll hear in this interview I teased him and I said to Bozeman when you were driving around. During the fall, you have to watch out for the cross-country kids because there's hordes of them just <laughs> running all over the place. I mean, you never know when you're going to run into the cross-country team, and there's just 100 kids running around. But I think that Coach May, he's a thinker. He's an analytical guy. And I'm so interested to see the stamp he puts on his program. Yeah. Because I think that Brian Schwain did a really great job at what Brian Schwain was really good at, cultivating multi-athletes, recruiting sprinters. That's what Montana has been so good at, especially on the female side of things. Clint May, his, the majority of his experience is as a distance guy, so we'll see how that changes. But very interesting interview. He's a very introspective man. Well, enjoy our ESPN Roundtable with Clint May. Well, happy to welcome in to the ESPN Roundtable the brand-new head coach of the University of Montana track and field team, Clint May. Coach May, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you having me on today. We appreciate you taking the time out here and and uh, and chatting with us. We'll get into the the present and you know your spot as the head track and field coach now at the University of Montana. But let's go back a little bit because you ran track at Montana State. You coached for years, a decade as the head coach, and even more before that as the assistant of the cross country team at Bozeman High, and were wildly successful. I think nine state championships in ten years as the head coach, but then. Recently, you were at Southern Virginia D3 school coaching there. What was that like to go from Montana to a Division three school in, in in Virginia, of all places, to be a head coach? Um, it was a great experience, but it was a great challenge. Uh, when I got out to Southern Virginia, they had asked me to start a track and field program. Uh, Cross Country had been in operation for about 15 years at that small school, but track and field had not been an official sport. And so it was basically uh, getting started with feet to the fire. Uh, They asked me to get two to three assistant coaches. We really didn't have any athletes. And I had offered, I said, well, do we want to phase this in and do all of the distance events on year one and then bring in something like sprints or throws um, in year two? And they said, no, we've authorized an entire track and field team. So get some assistant coaches and do the best you can with whatever out school. Um, because at the time that we really didn't have any time on the recruiting to pick up any athletes for that. So that was the big challenge of year one. Uh, we ended up with a track and field team of about 21 athletes and 15 of them were distance runners. So we were very, very short handed. 
um, on on athletes, student athletes, but we that was the start, and then we went from there, and I got to learn a lot. I learned, obviously, about recruiting, because that had to happen, or I wouldn't have a team the next year. Um, just of of basically organizing a track and field season um, and then hiring and working with assistant coaches. And so I look back on those three years that I was at Southern Virginia, and even though they were three of the toughest years of my life, I would definitely give them credit that they were three of the biggest opportunity years for growth. And looking back at it now, now that I'm here in Missoula, and have been given this opportunity, it wouldn't have been made possible without that experience in Virginia. You know, it's interesting to me, Clint, because you were the head cross-country coach for so many years at Bozeman High School, but cross-country is is one sport. It's one thing, right? It's very specific, a three-mile run, and, and, and so you can train and be very directed about one thing. When you're the head track and field coach, as you were at Southern Virginia and as you are now at the University of Montana, I mean, there are you know, dozens of different uh, disciplines of different races, sports throws, uh, however you want to, you know, qualify that within the scope and purview of being the head coach. How do you go from being able to be so focused on one thing and understanding this one race and how to be great at it and then try to oversee and coach all of these different events all at the same time? Well, it definitely does create a challenge. Um, the thing that I feel will end up being the measuring stick for success is really how well you can put a coaching staff together. And I'm feeling really, really blessed that that has not been the task that I've had to do here because we already have Adam Bork and Paul Renault. Um, I did need to hire a throws coach, but I wasn't left to my own devices. Um, we did have a throws coach that left. He's coaching now at Weber, and that took place just a month and a half ago. So it left us with a vacancy that I really needed to get filled sooner than later, and our administration stepped up to the plate and said, all right, we've, we've got we've to make sure that we have the position, one, paid for, um, a, a position that we could bring somebody in and they could actually make a living on it. And that's tough right now because every sport is looking at where can we cut some ends. And I'm so grateful that the administration here said, well, we, you know, for as much as we need to cut back and save, we also see the need that we've got to refill this throws position. And then Brian Schwain, the outgoing head coach, um, he had a couple of, uh, referrals for me and that really helped. So, uh, just last week we filled that position and, uh, with our new throws coach coming in from Spokane, Washington and the maintaining of Adam Bork and Paul Renault, we're set up that we can do well. Cause this is not a job that I can do alone. I don't think any successful head track and field coach really ought to be able to take credit for a team that is firing on all cylinders. There, it's just not possible. So 
as I look to what are the keys to success, uh, it being a head track and field coach, it's you've got to surround yourself with a really dedicated and hardworking staff. And I'm leaning heavily on those other guys. Um, I also have an assistant coach that's with me for a second year, um, Marin Love. Um, she's like a blessing. And as I think about trying to spread myself a little bit and get around to know the different athletes and appreciate their challenges, when it whether it be academics or scheduling or just life in general, um, I, I want to be able to be that for 90 athletes and I'll lean on Marin um, to really be a stable force with the distance crew. I'll still work pretty much daily with the distance runners, but I'll definitely be leaning on her to, to help me even more than she has the previous year. Marin Lowry, tremendous athlete at the University of Montana. She was an all-conference performer. Uh, I remember interviewing her after the outdoor championships here in Missoula a couple years back. Um, but, Coach, how important do you think that element is? It seems oftentimes in a lot of Division I sports, having experience as an athlete yourself translates to being able to coach some coaches or some, some former great athletes, not great coaches, but it seems as if in track, if you had a high level of performance, like everybody on your current staff did, that it, it yep. translates into being a good coach. Do you see that correlation? I definitely do. I think that you nailed it. Just because you are a great athlete doesn't mean that you'll be a great coach, but it is a high, high correlation between being a very competitive Division One athlete really sets you up to understand what the athlete are facing, um, both from a training standpoint, but also just the emotional and mental aspect of being a Division One athlete. So um, it is definitely in our favor that each of these coaches that we have uh, have experienced Division One and done really, really well in that experience. You yourself, once upon a time, a Division One runner, too, with stops at Boise State and Montana State. At what point did you fall in love with the sport to the point where you knew you wanted to make it a life? You knew you wanted to make it into your career? Um, it, I kind of knew in college. Um, I had never experienced coaching, but I had been around enough really good coaches that made a difference in my life. Um, I think back to my high school coaches and what a profound impact they had. I think of a track and field and cross-country coach. Um, I had a wrestling coach that um, was so instrumental in in forming just how I looked at work and dedication. And so then that followed up with having some good coaches at the college level, some great coaches at the college level. And being surrounded by that many different coaches, I thought, I want to be like them. I would love to be able to work with athletes. So... I knew before I ever graduated from college that I wanted to get into coaching. Um, it, it was a large part of the reason that I chose the major that I did, which was health and physical education, because I knew that it would it was the most seamless um, ability to be able to to go from quote my day job to my after school life of coaching. 
I knew that in a public school setting, it would be not only supported, but, but valued. And so probably early on in college, I, I was looking at three to four different options of what I wanted to be when I quote grew up. Um, but knowing that I wanted to coach definitely steered me towards a major in health and physical education so that um, if I was a teacher and when I taught, I would be supported by a school district that would say you can coach after school. So knowing that I wanted to coach definitely impacted me from about my junior year in college all the way through, and I, I knew I wanted to get into it right away. Clint May joining us. He's just been uh, appointed the head, the interim head track and field coach at the University of Montana, joining us on the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And, Clint, it's interesting because you – just like your predecessor, uh, Coach Swain, you ran at Montana State. You did the cross-country there. We're part of the first uh, ever school cross-country uh, conference championship team in 1993. Obviously, you spent a lot of time in Bozeman, and now you're coaching at Montana. What is that like to have been you know, a, a Bobcat as an athlete and now a Grizzly as a coach? Um, it's fun, but it is interesting. Um, I've had a lot of people from Bozeman that have offered me words of uh, congratulations, um, words of I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm proud of, of how things have shaped out in your life. And they remind me to never forget that I'm a bobcat as well. <laughs> and so that's been kind of fun here in Missoula. Um, they've been very, very welcoming saying, was glad that you finally came to the light. So I find that within this state, there's a lot of joking that goes back and forth that um, uh, each independent school is the better choice. And so I find myself uh, appreciating the time that I had in both and loving the relationships that I formed with so many good people there. And now I'm doing it here in Missoula, and I can tell you, I've been here for only one year, and I feel like I'm planting and growing roots here as well, and I, I couldn't be happier to be here. When you think about just the track community in Bozeman specifically, it's so in, it's so interesting to me because the it's been these pivotal and, and pinnacle figures. I mean, Dale Kennedy was was the director of the track and field program at Montana State for close to 40 years by the, t- by the time he retired. Rod Stark, such a great legacy at Montana State as well. And when you were at Bozeman High, first of all, you coached under Mary Murphy before you took over the program too. So you have these examples of just profound longevity. When you think about some of the people that you coached, uh, I guess ran under and then and then coached under, and just the community of Bozeman track and field in general, how's that influenced you as a coach? Uh, it's influenced me a lot. Um, I I look to each one of those people that you've named, and they've created something that has given me a viewpoint for what I want to do and what I would like to become as a coach. Um, Dale, not is it just that he coached for 40 years, but I think from Dale, anyone that knew him would see a tremendous passion for track and field. Um, I bet you he doesn't even think that it was a long time to be coaching for 40 years. It was a blink of the eye because he was so deeply passionate about track and field. 
when I think about Rob Stark, I think about compassion and the human nature of forming relationships and just how he was interested in people beyond their athleticism. And he just, he just cared to know what you were doing in life and how things were going and where you were pointing. I, I remember valuing that, um, through Rob, uh, Tom Ronig was my distance coach. And ironically, he came to the university of Montana to coach after being an athlete here. And for Tom, uh, it was kind of a tenacity to compete, um, that I remember. I remember that 1993 fall season. And while we were a good group of runners and we were goal oriented towards winning the big sky conference championship. I don't think there was any one of us as runners that was, could match the intensity that Tom had, um, in accomplishing that goal as well. So we could just follow the lead of coach. I mean, he, he provided plenty of, of energy. Um, Mary Murphy is really the catalyst for me becoming a coach. She was the first one that gave me the, the green light to step into the coaching realm. Um, I started at Bozeman high as a volunteer and I know that, um, sometimes fresh out of college means fresh and full of new ideas on how it should be. And I think that worried her a little bit that I would come from, from being a Bobcat and then explain to her how we need to work harder, how we need to do things differently. And, she took a chance on me to say, form relationships with the athletes. That's what you need to do um, early. Get to know them. Um, the coaching of the specifics will come after you've gained a relationship of trust with the student athletes. And so she taught me that lesson, and that lesson never failed in her. Uh, Mary Murphy's mantra was, be a class act. And um, I had 12 years with her where that never faltered. She was always about the student athletes striving to be a class act in the community. And so that shaped me. Um, it's, it's just amazing how each of my coaching experiences that I've had, whether it reaches all the way down to high school or those bonds that I had in Bozeman, um, they've, they've shaped the way that I coach today and the way that I hope that I'll be able to coach even better in the future. Interim head track and field coach Clint May, University of Montana, joining us on the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Clint, I want to ask you just about the culture of track and field in both Missoula and Bozeman because it seems as if the running culture in general, particularly when it comes to distance running and maybe carrying on, as distance runners after the collegiate level or just, you know, doing it for fun in the community. It seems like it's strong in both towns. But I remember back when you were coaching at Bozeman High, you, you drive around during the fall in Bozeman down by the high school, and you got to make sure to keep your head on the swivel because you're going to see, <laughs> quite frankly, almost 100 cross-country runners running around town all over the place. What what do you think of just the, the track community in Missoula, and how do you, how do you compare it to what, what was such a strong one in Bozeman? Yeah, before this opportunity to come to the University of Montana ever presented itself, 
I already knew that Missoula was a running town. Um, they've got a really, really strong tradition. And, and during the final 10 years that I was at Bozeman, I would have to say that our chief rival on both the boys and the girls' side was Hellgate High School. And for every time we had 100 athletes out, was Brooker, he also had 100 athletes out. And, and I knew that. We would compete not just at the varsity level, but our JV teams would have 30, 30 boys or 30 girls on the starting line, and he was bringing all 30 to 35 of his boys and girls to those JV meets. So um, I was not naive to what the culture of running and track and field was here in Missoula. Beyond distance running, uh, there has just been some tremendous athletes in field events and sprint events that have come out of Missoula Big Sky and Missoula Sentinel in particular. Not that there wasn't that at Hellgate, but Hellgate was always, in my mind, known as being predominantly distance running heavy. And But I, I was not naive to those athletes in track and field that were impressive. I enjoyed watching uh, some sprinters and some field event athletes at the high school level out of those other two high schools. And so um, it's, I would say that the cultures are very, very similar. And, and culture, one thing that is really kind of a interesting way that life brings you to a different point is we had all of those years where uh, Bozeman was competing against all of the schools in Montana, but one of those top competitive teams was Missoula Hellgate. And now my youngest, my daughter Kenzie, is running for Missoula Hellgate. And I couldn't be happier with who her coach is. I've just always had so much respect for Anders and the staff that he has. And now I'm just pleased as can be over the summer to drive her up and drop her off and say, go have a good time with your, with your new cross country team. And, uh, she's been welcomed with open arms and it is just kind of interesting because here at the end of October, um, I'll be able to, uh, I'm in the unique scenario where I get to watch the state meet. Um, even if there is NCAA, um, limitations due to COVID for recruiting purposes, um, I, I get the unique opportunity to at least watch and witness because I have a, a daughter that's in the race. And I think that's going to be a really poignant moment when I'm at the state meet and I'm looking at seven individuals that are, that have the Bozeman singlet racing singlet on, but I'm also watching Missoula Hellgate cause my daughter, um, if she can uh, maintain her health will be one of the seven girls for Hellgate. And so isn't it interesting how life takes us in different directions and puts us in different places, but I'll be at that state meet and in my heart, I'll be cheering for Bozeman and in my heart, I'll be cheering for Hellgate. <laughs> so right. it, it's kind of fun. It is. It's very full circle. Well, last question uh, for me here, Clinton. Now, you, you were the, the head track and field coach at Southern Virginia, but like, as you said, you were really tasked with starting a program from, from scratch, from the ground up. Very different thing than taking over a Division One program at the University of Montana that has such history. But any coach, I'm sure, 
you know, thinks about, well, if I was a head coach, this is kind of the vision that I have and this is what I would like to do. What are, you know, a, a thing or two that you have uh, thought about and you say, hey, you know, as the head coach, these are things that I would like to implement. This is a direction that I would like to go as the head coach of this team. Yeah, I appreciate that question. Um, and I've thought quite long on that question. And I think ultimately the easiest thing to see is um, outcomes like conference championships or top three in the conference. And those are the easiest to really set down as an exact marker, the very, very specific. And, and I do have those types of goals, but it's kind of along the way that some of the ones that are a little bit more difficult to quantify are our athletes graduating but not just graduating, graduating with optimism in their field of study. And I don't know exactly how to measure that, but that's super important to me is I, I would really feel like succeed as a coach. If we have very many athletes that, that at the end of four or five years feel like they don't really know where they want to go with a career or just a life passion. I want I want them to leave here and feel like they've got foot to the foot to the throttle um, of moving on in life, and they're excited about their career choice and their their passions. So that one will be a little harder to measure, but it's definitely on my mind enough that I think that um, it will become part of our culture. Is are you graduating? with optimism for the future in the field that's important to you. So that would be one I'd love to, um, I would also love to have a coaching staff and I think that we're on the way. I think it's been here. Um, and I just need to keep it going, but a coaching staff that really, really enjoys what they do and the athletes can see it. And they're just like the, this group of men and women that coach us, they love what they do. And uh, I think success at the conference meet on the scoreboard is going to take care of itself if we literally love what we do. And so that'll be a challenge that that I'll have to um, work my way through all the time because I think it's kind of a moving target is how do we maintain a high level of passion all the time um, and just enjoy the moment, um, and it's moments day after day. I, I think the one people would want to know is, well, how good do you think you can be? And when I look at this, I, I really do have a goal of having a men's or a women's team within three years um, that is contending for the top spot in the Big Sky Conference. Um, I think underlying that goal is I want to be in the conversation of a top three finish ever. Um, if, if we fall out of the top three, I would love for my fellow coaches in the big sky conference to say, um, yeah, you didn't get top three, but we always knew Montana was a contender for a top three. So that would be my year in and year out goal is to be the type of program that, the big sky conference recognizes as they're a top three contender, whether it's indoor, whether it's outdoor, whether it's a rebuilding year, whether it's a senior heavy year, it doesn't matter. They, 
they are a contending type of team for a top three finish. And then somewhere in there within the next three years, I'd, I'd love to uh, be able to see a team win the whole thing. And that's, that's kind of where I've shared that vision with the coaches. It, it, it wasn't a hard sell. Uh, they're, they're thinking the exact same thing. Well, Clint, this has been awesome. I, I love hearing those philosophies. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Cover the Big Sky now for 14 years. I've been observing the way that a lot of times, oftentimes in the Big Sky, the team, in terms of what they really emphasize and are really good at in events, reflects what the coach's background is. And uh, Montana, you look at what they've been really good at in recent years, over the last 10, 12 years under Brian Schwain, and that's reflective. You talk about the multi-events, the the jumps, uh, a little bit in the sprints, but, but a lot of the best athletes have been athletes that were directly tutored by Brian Schwain and, and kind of reflected what he was as an athlete, yourself as a distance runner. How do you expect that transition to go? And is that a strategy for you is to, to have Montana now reflect what your background is? Or do you kind of continue to try to emphasize what Montana has done well over the last decade or so? I, I honestly think it's a perfect blend of both. I think I would be an absolute fool to not capitalize on the momentum that that's already been created within field events and multi-events um, and most recently our men sprinting, long sprinters in particular. There's no reason that I feel like we should take away from that, but we should capitalize on it. Now, with that said, um, I really would love the depth of quality distance running to go up here. Um, it is my area of, of, of the highest amount of passion just because it was my event area. I've, I've been about most of my life. And I look at that, and I would say over the last decade or so, Montana has had some standout individuals in distance running. Um, I would love to see us have those come in multiples and that's going to be a bit of a challenge because I don't want any other area to fall behind and you can only have X amount of scholarship athletes on a track and field team. So the challenge is set before me to not lose the momentum of what we already have established as strong areas for the university of Montana. But I definitely would love to see the distance programs, um, improve when it comes to depth uh, so that rather than having one or two individuals um, scoring at the conference meet, I, I would love nothing more than to see four, five, six, seven men and, and four, five, or six, seven women in those distance areas scoring points. So uh, definitely a challenge. There's not more money to go around. There's not more roster spots to go around, but I don't want to lose what Brian's created, but I do want to uh, increase the depth of success that we've had in the distance areas. Well, Clint, thank you so much for taking the time out and joining us here on the round table. We wish you nothing but success as the, as the head coach now at the university of Montana track and field program and, uh, and look forward to seeing your group uh, get together in the direction that you take the program. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, it's been fun. I love, well, I love talking about track and field. 
Well, that much is certainly clear. Clint May, the uh, head track and field coach, the interim coach there at the University of Montana, again, appreciate his time. Fun to talk to him, man. Some cool stories, and, and you just get kind of a feel for, for the individual uh, who's doing that now. The ESPN Roundtable comes to you every Wednesday, also every Thursday at noon, and it is brought to us by Paradise Falls. Culture Paradise Falls there on the south end of town near the corner of Brooks and Reserve Street. On Brooks, beautiful patio. You sit outside, you join in sunset, maybe in the sunrise. How about that? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, everything you want. Two happy hours, 18 rotating beer tap handles, and TVs full of sports all the time at Paradise Falls. Let's got sports gambling. Make sure to check out our Make It Rainy podcast with Sean Rainey on SWX Montana. Paradise Falls is the presenting sponsor of that as well. We got our NFL picks against the spread as well as futures bets. It's up right now. You can find it on all our social media. Head on over to Paradise Falls if you want to make any sort of sports bet. Also, though, if you want to watch high school action, they have all the high school games streaming right now. That's big time. Great place to watch the NBA playoffs. Great place to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it's unique to be able to get every high school game in the state of Montana. They can put it on any of their 30 big screen TVs. So if you need something to do Friday night or you just want to catch some action, it's Crosstown on Friday. Hellgate versus Big Sky and also Missoula Sentinel opening up at Kalispell Flathead and a whole bunch of other games on the docket as well. So head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Celtics, Raptors, real-time update next. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. First half just come to a close in the bubble. Game six, Eastern Conference semis. The Boston Celtics a four-point lead, 52-48. Good basketball game. We're going to send you out for the second half of that thing here in just a couple of minutes. It's Tutel and Nuanas. It's 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's SWX Montana. Our heartfelt thanks to all of you for letting us roll along with you on this fine Wednesday afternoon on Twitter at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Coulter, it is the eve of the NFL season, and yet here we are speaking about basketball. We will certainly talk some more football tomorrow. I'm very excited about the Chiefs-Texans game. Why why, why are you laughing at me? I was just laughing because um, Kevin Harlan, last game he called, he he said, "Welcome Welcome to NBA on Labor Day. A custom like no other. It's like, no, there's never been NBA games on Labor Day weekend Dude, ever. How great is Kevin Harlan, man? He's he's, oh. he's the best. Man, okay. I think that there's a, a lot of pretty okay color guys, right? Color people right yeah. now in the game, color commentators. Yeah. There's a couple really good play-by-play guys. I I, I, I love Mike Breen. I, I, I love a lot of the different combos, but I just – I. I I want them to give the people what they want. Give me Kevin Harlan and Doris Burke together. Yeah, because Kevin's with Reggie Miller right and now. And Reggie's right? Reggie's above average. I like oh, Reggie's him be- good. I yeah, like him Reggie's better good. than Chris Weber. Reggie gets a little corny sometimes. 
here's the here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Chris Weber. Chris Weber is is uh, really well. I mean, he 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 articulates his points very well. He's good at color. He's smooth. And I think that what Chris Weber represents himself as a color commentator is by and large very similar to how Chris Weber is. Reggie Miller is one of the biggest smack-talking, annoying, cocky athletes in the history of <laughs> basketball. It's what made him so great. Reggie Miller was must-watch TV in the playoffs, and he tries to be like this cutesy guy sometimes. Ah, but he is. He's funny, though. He, he is a little bit thing. funny, but sometimes he tries to make the jokes like a little bit too colloquial. He, you needs, know, to, here's, he needs to be who he is, man. Reggie Miller is the ultimate sh- smack-talker. Here is... Wait a... Wait a... Wait a... Wait a... <laughs> Mute yourself there. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. good. Save that one. Very well done. Uh, he also here's the thing though. This and I'm not disagreeing with you, but this is a reflection of you. You want Doris Burke because you want basketball. Give yeah. me the meat of this thing. I don't want yeah. any of the. I don't need any. I don't need to be laughing and all this. I just want just give me what I need to know. And she does it. She does it better than anybody else. To tell Nuanas, we'll talk more basketball. Okay, I promise. Right after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. You tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, running you right downhill into NBA playoff basketball this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. If you miss anything in the show, listen on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can get it all the time. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Yes, Coulter. We can also get our Grizz Greats podcast, thanks to Blackfoot Communications, as well as First Security Bank. Certainly. If you want to locate those podcasts, easy entry point, 1029ESPN.com. Very proud of myself for getting our uh, SWX Tonight segment uploaded onto the ESPN website. I had to build yep. myself a widget. But if you want, wow. to see, uh, want to see a little five-minute promo on the Grizz Greats and just what it's all about, uh, it's up there. We also have three episodes up there. We have our trailer episode mm-hmm. as well as interviews with Mick Colleen, former voice of the Grizz, and Andy Larson, former kicker who made the uh, legendary kick to beat Marshall 2022 in that 1995 national championship game. Of course, Grizz greats, the t- silver anniversary of the 95 national champions, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Montana's 1995 run of the national championship with 25 podcast episodes. And tomorrow, Mick Dennehy coming out. Okay, we're excited about this conversation uh, that we got to have with the former Grizzly head coach, who's, of course, the offensive coordinator in 1995 and then took over in 96 and went back to the national championship uh, game in Marshall against Marshall for a second straight year. Uh, and uh, the uh, just a, a really fun conversation uh, with Coach Dennehy, and uh, we will have that as episode three, proper episode three, technically episode four, but... Ours is like episode zero, so you really start counting with the people involved. But uh, look for that tomorrow. We will uh, talk more about it. We'll even bring you a little preview of it tomorrow. You want to know what I want more than anything for Tell. both Montana and Montana State football? Tell me. I want a revitalization of the D- Division One prospect pipeline from Butte, Montana. Mm. You look at that 95 team, man. They had... 
they had like a dozen guys from Butte. They had some, I mean, some of their better players. Brian Toon, who was part of the safety that ended up being the final margin of victory in the 1995 game. Yep. Uh, a big defensive tackle. Randy Riley, defensive end. The Butte boys, baby, that's what they're all about. That's what McDenny talked a lot about. But the lineage from Butte and in the football world in Montana, so profound. There, There's always been a couple, I mean, there's always one or two guys in Butte every year, but it used to be like five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. And I would love for that to happen again because it's so good for both programs because Butte goes all in on either side. Yep. You know, they, no matter what, they they like they'll they'll root for the Butte boys on either side, regardless of what their previous affiliation was. That's right, uh, Coulter. Uh, before we go here, I just want to plant a seed okay. on the NBA as it pertains to the Bucks and Giannis and their season coming to a close and the pending free agency and this, that, and the third. First of all, what Giannis is going to do is anybody's guess. I'm not going to get into that. That's the best part about it. But what I am going to say is two things. The Bucks losing, people seem to be taking as evidence that they are flawed, that they're not ready to win, that they're this, that, and the third. Maybe that's true. Also, though, I don't feel like I have seen enough credit go to the Miami Heat for the Bucks losing, yeah. as, I, as I would like to have seen, because the Heat were great in that series, and they deserve all the credit in the world. And two, and two, two things, two, two specific elements that deserve so much credit are, are, are one, the Heat did not have the best player in the series. They had the toughest player and the best leader in the series. Giannis will get there. Jimmy Butler, his time is now. Yep. The Heat also had the best coach in the series. Mike Budenholzer, one of the best coaches of the NBA. In my opinion, after what I just watched, Eric Spolster is the best coach in terms of defensive game planning and specifically tweaking his team's style in the entire National well, Basketball Association. Spolster was certainly better than, than Budenholzer in this series. The second thing is, if Giannis comes back, don't overthink it, okay? Think you can reload. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. Dot org MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.